What's up, everyone? My name is B, and you are listening to the Brand Eye Podcast. This podcast talks about navigating our 20-somethings, the good, the bad, and the ugly parts of our journeys, and learning to embrace every part of your story, because your life is your brand, and so many people would benefit from just seeing you live authentically. No one has all of the answers. We're all trying to figure it out. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited because today we have Steve, the nutrition guru who knows everything about nutrition, joining us today. Steve and I are going to talk about not only nutrition and best practices, but also um, how do you turn your passion into your career? So Steve, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yes. I have one question for you. It's a very important question. Are you ready? Yeah. What is it? Okay. So if you had the choice to either flip a coin for $1 billion or just take $1 million, what would you do? Um, I feel like I'd probably just take the million, you know, Thank a, billion, you. a billion is great, but there's 50% chance. And I mean, things are going plenty fine and stuff like that, but that's, it would like, it would change my life automatically versus one of those where it's like, there would be a vast change. Like, I don't think you need a billion dollars i don't know like <laughs> and well, I, I imagine like that not turning up the way that you wanted and it's like I just passed up an easy million dollars every other scenario you would gladly just be like yes please like thank you, you know? i agree i said the same thing because i just keep thinking imagine flipping a coin and it not landing in your favor and then you have to walk into work that same like raggedy job if you don't like your job and you're just like oh i'm here i could have i could have been somewhere else you know yeah that's like to not choose that means like a million dollars wasn't enough like i don't know i think that's like what i think is this something you asked other people too if so like what answers have you gotten so it's funny because someone told me i this has been a conversation i've been having with my friends and someone told me that women are most likely to answer the million dollars and the more responsible people are more likely to answer the a million dollars and then there are <laughs> the more irrational people um, who are, yeah, the, who just love a good risk are more likely to fit, flip the coin. But I'm like, no, I can't imagine flipping a coin for a billion dollars. A million, you can invest it. You can do anything with it. You can turn that into a billion if you really want a billion. Mm-hmm. And it's guaranteed. So, yeah. Yeah. It reminds <laughs> me, I won't spend long on this, but I remember the whole thing. If I remember this more thoroughly, it'd be a little bit nicer. but. Um, I remember in college in one econ class I took, there was a question on like, it was kind of similar of like, you're, you have a risk of like, you know, would you want to like double your money or like guaranteed get like 10 more dollars? And the, and then it was, there was the same question, the opposite of like, do you want to like, like have your money or just lose a certain, again, with a certain probability that that might happen or might not happen. It was interesting because they're essentially the same things, but most people responded differently of being like if it was gained versus if it was lost. Um, So I found I'd have to find the thing that it was. But even in our own class, it was like most people had different responses to essentially the same outcome. And I don't know. It's kind of cool to see that. That is. And honestly, it doesn't surprise me your answer, how you answered it, because one, knowing you, you're just very smart and a very calculated person and not in the bad way um but also just thinking about things that you've taught me about nutrition scarcity mindset and no quote-unquote no foods is not a thing for you so I could see how you would be like you can take the million and do so much with it instead of a billion dollars like you know putting your life on or not a life but you know putting everything (laughs) on the line for a billion so thank you for answering that but Mm-hmm. Getting into it, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what made you decide to become a nutritionist? Sure, definitely. So, um, basically, um, I'm a dietitian. Uh, slight diff- slightly different from yes, a nutritionist. Okay, I knew it. Okay, and I wanted thing. to ask you the difference. So that's something we'll get into after this. Yeah, we'll get into that. But I'm a dietitian. Um, I always had an interest in food and nutrition and exercise, just because, like. For me growing up, my brothers are five and seven years older than me, and they were always skinny. And mm-hmm. I wasn't. Uh, I was one of the heaviest from like, I don't know, somewhere around like third grade through um, 
like somewhere in high school that I started actually like going downwards. It was, it was always one of those that since my brothers were skinny, it was like, well, why me? What's going on? And yeah. that just kind of led me to like, all right, like, let's learn about nutrition. Let's learn about exercise. I just liked how it's like you could learn something at two and apply it at like 215. And yeah. it's something that everyone has to deal with. And as a result of learning these things, I can kind of help anyone. So yeah. it's one of those things that I, all my habits and it's like, I always like sports growing up and whatnot and just kept getting involved in those types of things here. Mm -hmm. uh, when I ended up getting to college, I was going in, I was going into business. I was going into finance mm -hmm. and I really liked it, but I'd buy textbooks for classes I didn't have for like nutrition and for medical and all oh, that wow. kind of stuff. And yeah. I would read those and I would ignore the business textbooks I had for the classes I actually was taking. Okay. So that was the point where I was like, this doesn't make a lot of sense and mm -hmm. I should be switching over. And I'm just really happy that I did because yeah. I mean, everything turned out pretty well. But um, for everything else about me, it's just I like a, such a random variety of things. So I don't know. I just like different experiences and mm -hmm. always just tons more variety. So but yeah, on the nutrition side, I actually weigh less now than I did in eighth grade. Wow, that's a big accomplishment. And how did your family feel about you switching from finance to nutrition? They weren't that happy about it because <laughs> um, my dad was like, oh, is that a hobby or is that like, you know, is that something you can make money off of? Essentially was the question. And obviously that does that is a question that is important. And mm -hmm. most dietitians don't make tons of money. Most nutritionists don't make tons of money specifically right. uh, for having your own practice. There's, there's ways where you could do very well you know, for yeah. something like that. But initially it was seen as like, well, that's a lot riskier of a thing to choose, mm, you know, yeah. but it was enough of like, as I got further into school, it was just more and more of a growing passion of things of, you know, I have a shelf that's just like mostly like textbook level material. And I have like, yeah. it's like three feet long of just like basically nutrition type textbooks. And it's like, well, I've, it's, I was inspired to read all those things and take copious notes and learn things and apply it. And look beyond it to really make sure I understand it. And it's like most of those textbooks I had for business, I don't know if I've ever opened, yeah. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> it made sense. And now look, it seems like both are coming into play um, and both are helpful. And so you are the president and founder and CEO and king of the world for Next Step Nutrition. Can you talk a little bit about what inspired you to start this business? So there's a couple things there. Uh, one is I've always liked the business side too. It's just, hey, it's it, ideally I'd love to have like majored in like 13 things, you know, yeah. like, oh, let me be an engineer as well. You know, like that right. whole kind of deal. Um, but over time, it's it was a mix of like, I liked the business side of things on the nutrition side. I at the beginning, it's it was hard to like get enough patients, get enough people and whatnot. And over time, I ended up kind of amassing a pretty decent following. Uh, yeah. Not just of like patients, but also of physicians who they'd send me people and things would get better. And then they couldn't find that type of thing where people would get sustainably better in many other places. Mm -hmm. so a lot of doctors who did send a decent amount of people to me just kept sending them. So oh, it was wow. a mix of like, you know, the, the company I used to work with had a marketing team and whatnot. But like most of what I got, I, I had referrals that were being sent to clinics that were not mine that said C Steve Z only, you know, and it's like. There was a mix of like, I had my own following It things yeah. were going really well. It was really positive. I like the business side of things. Mm -hmm. Why don't I cut out more of this middleman here and, yeah. you know, get the full benefits. Plus, again, you're avoiding some of the negatives that, you know, general employers can provide. And mm -hmm. as one step further with that is, you know, being on a side where it's like, I've had some crappy jobs before, like yeah. as an employer. My biggest thing is actually investing into the people that are working with me mm. because I want them to not have to worry about like looking for another job. Like this is unquestionably going to be better than what they find. They right. can just focus on making an actual difference and yeah. just being better at what they do. And I'm supporting my current first employee uh, through stuff like that to make Congratulations. sure she's and it's an obvious benefit for her to do this. So but yeah, it's been good. <laughs> That's amazing. And with networking, because I feel like especially as for young professionals, we're told to network, network, network. Um, but sometimes we don't always see the instant or the immediate um, benefits of networking. So when you started out, were you, did you just set out to be someone who was really good at networking or did your skill and talent um, 
help usher those opportunities. That's that's kind of the funny part. It's I don't feel like I'm even that great at market or at networking specifically. You know, yeah. I run into a lot of people and hey, you know, there's some that happened that way, but it's mostly mm-hmm. just been like, hey, I do this well. And I mean, I've had one of my one of my first patients that was just like in my own private practice kind of deal mm-hmm. turned out to own his own like marketing company. He's like, guys, love what you do. I love how you do it. Let me be a resource to you. Let me help you in some very and it's still someone I talk to to this day. You know, yeah. and that's how a lot of it's been is. Uh, the doctor that I get the most patients from ended up seeking me out after sending some to the company I used to work with and went like, I would like this, I'd like to set up a zoom with this person and get this person's phone number. And we're on a texting basis at this point. So, wow. So yeah, I haven't done a lot of like direct networking or going to networking events and that's very useful. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, But all my focus has always been like, how can I be better at what I do? How can I make Mm -hmm. this more clear? How can I better understand these aspects? How can I continue to grow and question the things that I know to be like, is this correct? Is there something more specifically correct? Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of that level has helped me significantly. That's awesome and exciting because I was just talking to um, my mentor because my podcast is Brand I, as you know, and mm-hmm. um, the story by- behind it is your life is your brand. But something my mentor, who's a little older, was saying was like, I hate the word brand because it sounds like you have to, you know, make yourself look like a commercial. And that's exactly why I use that term, because I'm I think that it should just be natural. Um, Who we are should be natural. And by opening yourself up and just following your passion and being very candid, I think that's where all the opportunities come. And your experience really speaks to the importance of being authentic and not trying to create some kind of um, personality that isn't you, you, who you are um, as a person. So that's amazing and really inspiring that you're able to do that. Yeah, and what, thank you. Yeah. And what inspired your name, um, the, bi- the name of your business? So Next Step Nutrition Counseling was chosen for a couple reasons. One is because so many things are taken as a business. So I had to try like 30 things. <laughs> I made the early list of like what might sound good and fit. Uh, and what ended up selling me on that over all the other ones was a mix of like, it, most of what I do is like on the nutrition side, most people have tried on their own and have mm-hmm. not figured it out or they followed a million different things for some reason, some things are not working. So I feel like it's like no matter where they are currently, what are the next steps to actually get where we want to get to? And yeah. I think that's kind of the biggest part is recognizing it's not that you don't know anything. There's a various amount of things you know, some correct, probably a lot correct. Some things might be incorrect. We have to tailor from where you specifically are, what specifically you like, where you specifically want to go. And all those are just steps to me. Any large yeah. problem is just a series of small steps when you break them down. Uh, if you ask someone who's lost 100 pounds how they lost, a lot of people don't have a great answer, but everyone knows what they could do later today to be a little bit closer. And it's mm-hmm. just an accumulation of those things that would make that happen. So I love that. And did they just wake up and the journey was easy? Like each step was a step forward for all of your clients? That's how it's supposed to be. That's right. generally <laughs> how we try to, We, you know, that's as much as we can lower the barriers or make this an easier experience. It's just going to happen naturally. It's going to happen kind of inevitably in the background. And but are there the room more, for mistakes? Of course. There's always room for mistakes for things. Um, <laughs> I don't even really think of them as mistakes, though. Uh, I think that's at least the way I'm interpreting how you're saying that. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people think they're going to go to me and be like, no, this is going to be more restrictive and I'm just going to eat salads and all this stuff. And it's like, I have maybe like three salads a year. Uh, you don't have to. You can, you know, right. like, but like it's if we the less we know, the more you need to just sacrifice to make it work. If we yeah. know certain things, we teach you how to get away with a lot of this. And you're supposed to live a life and have events. The more you're like, oh, yeah, I just need to not have these friends to get this accomplished. Is It's just not, not going to happen. Yeah. And you so, helped me um, incorporate French toast sticks, which has been great. <laughs> that's the <laughs> secret. It, it really is. And what are some common misconceptions that people have about your field of work? Which also, what's the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian? So a dietitian, uh, let's start the other way. Nutritionist doesn't actually mean a whole lot. Um, just about anyone could be a nutritionist, whatever training they have in the background. It's not really a regulated term. So mm-hmm. whatever, whatever the viewers know, they could still be like, yeah, I'm a nutritionist. Ask me some questions. I'll charge you some stuff for it. 
uh, dietitian is you went to school for it. It's a four year thing. After that, there's a one there, one or two year long uh, rotation that you have to do. They're all two years now. Oh, wow. Um, and then after that, you have to have a licensing exam and you have to do continuing education to keep it with it. So it's oh one of those goodness. where like anytime you're in like a serious problem and you're in the hospital, there's only dietitians there. Um, mm. Outside of there, you could find other people. It's like, yeah, I'm a nutritionist. I know nutrition things. It doesn't it doesn't mean a lot. Okay. Um, there is something called register. Like I could be a registered dietitian or registered dietitian nutritionist. They added mm -hmm. another term that's really stupid that kind of combines them. Um, both of those mean the same thing, but you're looking for that word dietitian for someone who actually knows what they're talking about better. Okay. That's helpful because sometimes when I'm on Google or something and I'm trying to look something up, I see like nutritionist, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, well, they said that I should do it. So I'm going to do it. So that's helpful. Yeah. Um, that's a common problem that people <laughs> mostly don't know those things. And, uh, yeah. And yeah, I wish it was a little bit easier, but it's, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and then what about the common misconceptions that people have about your um, field of work? It's kind of, I mean, there's, there's so many of them in a hospital. If I say like, Hey, I'm a dietitian, a lot of people will just start ordering food. It's like, that's not exactly what I do. I help you, <laughs> you know, like not come back is my goal. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, at least on the nutrition side, uh, for outpatient things, which is what I do. And that's again, like, let's sit down and talk for an hour about where you are, what's going on. And I'll see you next week and kind of build upon what we're kind of talking about things. Again, a lot of people think it's just going to be more and more restriction. That's not a good dietitian is not going to just do that. It's going to make sure they're going to make sure you can include a lot of things, with a lot of variety. A lot of people assume that, or a lot of people assume that I'll give them a meal plan. Mm -hmm. Or we'll come in being like, all I need is a meal plan. Meal plans work for like two weeks. It's mm -hmm. usually about it. Um, because if it's not what you normally like, at some point you're going to go back. And yeah. most people don't know enough to go, well, if I'm not, if I didn't follow lunch, how do I get back onto it for dinner? Um, yeah. Again, a good dietitian would be able to be like, here's what you're having. Here's what makes sense. Here's what doesn't. Here's why it doesn't make sense. Let's talk about how to make this make sense together. So this way you can kind of have anything or understand how to adjust it. And, you know, it's meal plans are not as effective as people think. Um, mm. I don't want people just having a calculator out all the time and using <laughs> for everything. There's right. value and being able to just see things and estimate about what this looks like and knowing what it should kind of be in the background with options. The more it's a calculator, the more it's going to be temporary. Yeah, you know, there's so many parts that everyone assumes weight loss is super hard. So they assume everything's going to take like you're going to sprint and starve. That's another thing. Most people think they're going to be hungry through this process. Yeah. And that's one of the first things I usually tackle is if we can separate hunger from weight loss. It's going to be a much more enjoyable, simpler time. So and you actually had me eat more. I was like, oh, wow, I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. More French toast sticks. That's yes, all we need. More. All. All we need. <laughs> and what is the importance of nutrition? Well, there's, oh man, it's such a big question for things. Cause I mean, I we are made of the food we eat. Mm -hmm. um, so even from that alone, if you're eating low quality things, you are going to feel and feel worse and things are not going to work as well as we're hoping for. Uh, it's the origin of a lot of problems people have. It's not mm -hmm. every single problem, of course, but well, is that like we can fix diabetes or we can help remedy or mitigate our issues about diabetes by having mm -hmm. medications and you know, exercise can help, but it's one of those that like, if we were just to tackle the source of this, you can save so much effort, so much money, so much, you could have such a better quality of life just yeah. by making those types of differences. I can't stress enough. These things don't need to be hard, even on the side for, you know, we see athletes as well and bodybuilders as well. And it's one of those that if you're putting in the effort to do this exercise, why not get all the benefit out? Of it? Yeah. Why not gain more muscle or lose more fat for doing the same amount of physical exertion? than mm -hmm. you would previously. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of in every place. And that's, again, that's one thing I loved about it is everyone eats. I can help literally everybody in some <laughs> kind of capacity. Yeah. And it's just optimizing and making them feel better. That's pretty wonderful. That's awesome. And what are some common symptoms that people experience when they have a low quality diet that usually your clients don't even realize like, oh, that was related to my poor eating habits? I'd say one of the most common is like, I mean, and again, this is like going to be a, it's not like, oh, you feel this, therefore your nutrition's bad. Cause some of these are common for kind of a lot of things, but it's like 
like low energy and being tired all the time, for example. I had a roommate in college who thought he was narcoleptic because he would sleep like three, four days or three, four times a day, three, three mm. or four days. Uh. Uh, and uh, for for him sleeping that often, he's like, I'm going to see a specialist. And I was like, you should. But also you have a lot of sugar. A lot of times when people have a lot of sugar, they get more tired, but they don't sleep well either. So yeah. and by changing that part, he was fine. He was just a normal guy. Oh, <laughs> and wow. He, just, he would just take like three, four naps a day. Uh, just because he kept exhausting himself as a result. Or once yeah. people eat healthy for a while, they just feel a lot less sluggish. When we lower some of the salt content to a degree and certain other things, a lot of people experience a lot less bloat. Um, mm. You know, Those are some very common parts that people feel. Um, mm -hmm. Again, as we lose weight or some other aspects, there's definitely a lot of other benefits they feel. But mm -hmm. you know, those general ones is what I always think of first. Okay. And... Do you think um, uh, calories, I feel like I just kind of learned in the past few years that calories are what give you energy in a sense. Is that something that most people know? Like that fact about calories? Yeah, because thing? like before I used to think like I knew that you you should eat, you know, to make sure that yeah. you're okay. But I would the mindset that I had was you eat what tastes good to you. And I think you should still enjoy the food you're eating, but that would mean for me donuts and cookies and French toast sticks all the time, not understanding that these are not giving me the energy I necessarily need. Um, so is that something that you have to work with a lot of people on? Yeah. And it's, it's something that is kind of confusing too, because calorie is a unit of energy. Um, mm -hmm. so it is measuring like how much energy is in this food. Um, and that's one of those that if we use the things that we're eating, there's not all this extra energy that our body's going to go, oh, this is good stuff. We just don't need it. So let's store it. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I think a lot of it is understanding what's happening with those options that we have a step beyond calories to be like, all right, how does this all work? If yeah. it is just all donuts, you know, there's going to be more sugar in there. There's going right. to be more fat in there. What does that do in our body? Is there a certain place in our day that's going to be better to have those types of things? Or yeah. are there options that don't have as much of certain sections that we're probably not going to be using and more prone to storing, you know? Mm -hmm. So it is a unit of energy, but it gets a little more complicated behind it when we look at right. like, you know, what's used versus what's stored versus, you know, and it changes in a lot of places. Yeah. Nutrition is all over the place. <laughs> There's very few foods that could be like, every person can have this. Um, and that's what's so dangerous <laughs> is like, on social media, especially right now, you have people saying like, drink the tummy tea or do keto or do X, Y, and Z. Um, and so in your experience, how have you been able to help people understand that there's not a one size fits all approach? It's a lot of it is explaining what happens in some of those. And if we can get some background on why, the, by the way, any of them that are common on social media and stuff like that, it's going to be because it shows promise short term any, mm. any diet can work uh there was one guy who did a gas station diet where he's like all right i'm just gonna go and for 30 days only eat what i could find at a gas station and he lost weight to prove that portions matter <laughs> it's <laughs> like it's like i love that type of thing but but a lot of a lot of places people struggle with is we all want to lose like 20 pounds like now you know mm -hmm. and most of the ways that would cause you to lose weight fast like that you're not losing as much fat as you think. You're losing other temporary stuff. And mm, all that like temporary what? stuff, uh, like water. water. A huge water shift can happen. For having oh. very low carbs, you have less glycogen, which also helps retain the water that's within your body. When you have less of that within your body, uh, that disappears. As soon as you eat carbs again, a lot of that stuff's going to come back quick, along with all the water that was there. So a lot of people, like on keto, for example, can lose 15 or 25 pounds faster, kind of depending on their body weight and size. Um, but they're also spring loaded to gain weight back. And it's not their fault that they do when they cheat kind of once, you know, and it's, right. it's some of those, if we can get some understanding on like, you will lose weight. Here's my concern here. You know, mm -hmm. Oh, if you're starving yourself, you will lose weight, but here's my concern. What happens long-term? Yeah. Um, that helps combat a lot of those because actual sustained weight loss takes some time. Uh, everyone thinks everyone calls it the slow way. I would mm -hmm. argue that for most diets, people do these fast, quick ones. Maybe they lose 20 pounds, but if you look eight months later, they're the same weight, if not higher. That's honestly much slower than losing like pound a week on average mm -hmm. or so. Um, you know, that's that's kind of at least how I look at it. 
Yeah. Well, there's a lot of strategies on how to get people to look beyond it, or if they're not up for changing it, guiding them to make it as healthy as possible. Being yeah. like, if this doesn't work, or if this does happen as I'm projecting it should, uh, would you then be open to talking about how to change certain aspects about this to make it make more sense? Yeah. Yeah. And something you told me, which I know you're going to have to correct me on this one because I'm going to mess it up, but you told me the top three reasons after a study that was done, but the top three reasons that people tend to not want to um, lead a healthier lifestyle in terms of food is one of them is money. Another one is taste. Oh, and that was, one... that was subtly different. That was, uh, they have a study. I told you. They... <laughs> yeah. Close. You were getting there. Uh, but it was a study actually of why do people eat the food they do? Not necessarily like just why they choose the selections that they do. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw, I haven't looked at it much since becoming a dietitian. Uh, I saw it in my rotations and stuff like that. And I thought it was really stupid because it was like the same results every year. <laughs> but as long as where it's like, and maybe it's changed because of inflation now, but it was like, right. like taste is number one. Uh, if it doesn't taste good, I don't care if it's cheap and healthy. Most people are not going to do it. But it's like mm -hmm. taste is number one. After that, the next two are going to be exactly what I said there is the health and the price uh, usually pretty similar. They measured two other things. I know one of them was like sustainability for the environment was like one of the last ones. I forget what number mm -hmm. four was, but it's, it's important to realize that as well, too. Um, mm -hmm. Not that you have to look at not that I think you need to study it every year, but yeah. just in the terms of if you make something healthy, but it's not good tasting, you're probably not going to do it. And I think I think food should be craveable and enjoyable. Otherwise, mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to kind of just feel like work. And that's probably not going to keep happening. Right. So. And, you know, it's funny because I'm only eating out once a week and it's only one meal a week. And now I'm like, crap. Like, I love eating out. I love a good happy hour, but I'm like, crap. Now I have to make interesting meals because I'm not going to survive. So it's funny because um, you would always tell me, like, if you're wanting to eat out all the time, I think you would try to attack my cooking skills, basically, because you'd say I'm making boring food. <laughs> but um. <laughs> It's been fun to have to be creative, but right now things are hard. We had an episode um, with Vivian, a financial coach and guru, and she talked about how inflation is impacting a lot of people in ways that we don't understand. So how can we still um, make healthier options and, or choose healthier options during a time when like a head of lettuce is $4? That's true. And veggies should definitely cost less. I wish there was some yeah. subsidy to, you know, like some more of that than like how there are for meats and stuff like that right now. There's plenty of things that still, and again, like some specialty foods that are like, these are made to be healthier. We kind of don't have as much room for those. because those do tend to cost more money of being like, oh, this is like a donut like replacement is going to cost a bit more. Mm -hmm. Still, we're trying to save money where we can. So if it is more like, Frozen options are a pretty good direction, whether it is some meats that we can do that with, or if it is going to be more on like the veggie kind of side of things. Beans are very cheap and they're also super healthy for you. Kind of as a carb source, there's a little bit more to that story. Um, mm -hmm. But like, you know, we can definitely, I, I know on my way home, they have like, um, it was like a five pound bag of beans, I think was like $6 or something. They, they were advertising on the outside of a store near me. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's a lot of food. Yeah, <laughs> so there's a lot. Yeah, obviously, there's going to be sales for most places uh, or buying in bulk for options to make that a little bit easier. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty much what it kind of has to be in that circumstance mm -hmm. is, you know, it doesn't we don't need tons of varieties of veggies. You might read that we need tons. That's kind of optimizing if we did get a bunch of variety and a bunch of colors. Mm -hmm. But if it was even just like, oh, iceberg lettuce is on sale, it still does wonders to have some of that included into there. But any okay. place where you can make it yourself or get it frozen or in larger quantity that's pretty much the main goal currently okay and um what resources do you think that people need if i if someone wakes up tomorrow or even if i wake up tomorrow and i say i have limited resources but i want to make healthier options i don't want to just lose weight what are like the main things that i just need that's that one more time to make sure i understood it a little bit yeah like what are the main resources or tools that are needed to lead a healthier lifestyle so if you like did a starter kit of like how to eat you know make healthier choices what would be those things in that starter kit i feel like that's i feel like that's kind of hard for me to answer a little bit about like what would be fitting i feel like a lot of this would depend on like the specific person 
for things. If it was like resources, like on a federal basis or something like that, you know, obviously there's there's certain options that are like this is SNAP or it, ultimately we need enough food before the quality of food, you know, to make sure that it is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, are you talking like a toolkit in terms of like if you went to the store, what are like the essentials that you'd need? Nope. You actually answered my question because I was hoping that that would be your answer. Um, (laughs) just to prove that there's not a one size fits all, you know, like I think that oftentimes we can say it, but can we actually prove it? And just now I proved it because you're like, wait a minute, (laughs) you know, it takes more than just like, all right, I'm going to only do, you know, I'm like, I'm going to, I need these things to actually get there. So it's encouraging to know that I could wake up and it's all about the small choices that I'm making throughout the day. There's not like a starter kit that I need to invest in or some program I need to invest in. Yeah, you definitely don't need anything like that. And I think the reason I struggle with that question some too is I think it depends on the degree of difficulty people experience. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people who don't have a lot of money or don't have a lot of resources also don't have a lot of time. If they had a lot Mm -hmm. of time, they would be spending that getting those resources as well. Right. So I feel like it really depends on where people are in that stage. It still wouldn't be you need to join any program anywhere, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's still one of those where, you know, getting enough food is the first part. And then after that, it's like, yeah, it depends what we can do. Or I know some other people who have had a, like a place without a kitchen and they ended Mm -hmm. up like sharing, uh, like they would go to someone else's kitchen to make certain food options and Right. We worked with what we can have that's like, you know, doesn't need to be cooked so much, you know, right. so we've done some of those things as well. Or, you know, it de- it definitely can get very creative at times because sometimes it has to. Um, yeah. Or families that are like, oh, it'd be cheaper to like buy a whole cow and then let's split it amongst several families so we can yeah. save money on meats, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it varies quite a lot depending on what's around. And we just have to, the less resources we have, the more just resourceful we really mm-hmm. have to be. Yeah. And you're all about helping people build sustainability and encouraging that. What are some of the less sustainable tips and tricks or I mean fads that are like really famous right now that are um kind of encouraging people to lead unhealthy lifestyles? There's so many that people do on a regular basis and it's there's always going to be more that come out. And some of these, some people would be like, that's what I do. And I'm not open to changing it. And that's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, this, we always can get into those things in the future, but it's, yeah. um, you know, a lot of people weigh themselves like daily mm-hmm. and the more often you weigh yourself, just, you're going to see more short-term changes. So that's one that even if you eat perfectly, you're still going to see it bounce around a little bit. It's going to go up for not your fault. There's going to be a time where you eat pizza and it goes down. You're going to be like, none of this makes sense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's one thing that's going to shift around a little bit. So that's one thing that can discourage people. A lot mm-hmm. of people make pass or fail goals and go on like, oh, I'm going to have zero wine for this month. Mm-hmm. And then if the sixth day of the week or si- what sixth day of like the, the first week, right. they have some wine, they go, well, screw it. I already failed. Might as well have wine everywhere. And it's, yeah. or, you know, we do that with a lot of foods of going, oh, I shouldn't have had this dessert. Now I'm eating all of it, you yeah. know, and that's. That's like the opposite of what we're looking to do. The goal is to have less, even if we called it zero. We're yeah. setting unrealistic timeframes of what they need to do. So if we were saying like, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds this week or 20 pounds this month, even uh, when you see as it gets closer, you might just again give up or think like it's not enough, even if you were making good results for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people think they have to restrict all of a certain food option. If they think they have to remove all carbs or remove every dessert, they one, we definitely could include those in a healthful manner and mm-hmm. not have it really slow you down much at all and mm-hmm. have you feel comfortable in living a life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's just so many places with those where people just kind of set themselves up for a lack of success. Or if it was like I removed every dessert, you didn't learn how to have a reasonable amount of dessert yet. Yeah. You know? So someday when you have it, you go back to what you know. Some people yeah. do meal plan. Oh, I can go all day. Some people no, have keep meal going. Plan- I love it. Some people do like meal replacement plan options and those could be good. It depends which ones you get. Not all of them are healthy or truly balanced, to be honest. But it's Mm -hmm. one of those that like, again, if we haven't learned how to make some food options, you're going to go back to probably what you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people go, oh, what if I really restrict myself and lose 50 pounds, then I can maintain it. Um, Like 
you know, if I weigh like 190 right now, and if I lost weight down to like 150, and then I ate mm-hmm. how I normally did, the way I normally ate is a way that brings me to 190. Yeah. So if I lost the weight and ate like normal, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna trickle right back up to 190. Like right. there's so many places that people do these things, and we need to set them up for. Part of my job is making sure people are not just like setting themselves up to run into a wall. So yeah. I point out those walls and a way around it. Yeah. And unfortunately, there aren't a million Steves in the world. Um, and people that even have the philosophy of you and that are as supportive. So if there are if there are people that are unable to um, afford a Steve or, you know, they don't have the resources to be able to sit down with a dietitian. See, I didn't mess it up this time, but sit down with a dietitian. Um, what free resources are out there that are just a good start to help educate people? There's a lot of good, like, I mean, like eatright.org is the Academy of Nutrition Dietetics. They have some pretty good things that are there. A lot of like the, if you have certain conditions, like the American Mm -hmm. Diabetes Association, the ADA has like some good resources on how to manage blood sugar and general weight. Heart.org is the American Heart Association's website, and they have some things that are there too. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd stick to a lot of those like larger bodies of evidence places because you're every person's eaten all their life. There's a lot of opinions on food. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of bad ones. I would be extra careful about bodybuilders or weightlifters or people in the athletic side if you're not on that side because um a lot of nutrition goes upside down when people are exercising so much yeah i worked with a one of my rotations was with a college sports uh, all 19 of northwestern sports teams there was a time period where after doubles we had to tell everyone to salt all their food because Mm -hmm. they were exercising like for like five hours a day no one else are we like hey yeah salt everything (laughs) like that's a really bad idea Right. Um, so sometimes they tell you ideas that it's like, this is not fitting for someone who's sitting at a desk, yeah. you know, but definitely those larger body places would be pretty good. I think Mayo Clinic has some information too, although I think theirs might be behind a paywall now mm-hmm. for like their diet or their recommendations on what kind of fits a little bit. Yeah. And I don't know if you've noticed, but you're a white man <laughs> and <Am I? laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure that you work with a diverse group of clients. So mm-hmm. how have you been able to um, learn about different cultures or because uh, I'm sure it's like, you know, you and I talk about greens all the time, like greens to me may be very different than um, how someone else defines greens. So how do you support people and take like a culturally competent approach to the work that you do? So I feel like anytime I've come across those, I haven't pretended to know everything. I think that's mm-hmm. the first part to all of this is being like, I, I, I didn't say how I got to where I am, but it's like, um, I used to be, I used to be a home health dietitian where I'd see mm-hmm. the most complex of their 1200 patients at any time. Cause I was their only patient. I was their only dietitian. Yeah. 1200. Um, I was oh their only goodness. dietitian. So I'd see who was, and I had people who would be like, you know, they had like 10 different nutrition major issues and they're very critical and they only eat Indian food or Mm -hmm. people would ask because it would pertain to them. But it's like, oh, I have I have kidney problems. I need to be aware of my potassium content. What's the potassium content of goat meat? And it's like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to pretend to know. Um, I'm going to find out some more things and I'm going to make sure I have a good understanding. We're both going to learn something tomorrow, you Mm -hmm. know, and just I felt like that's how I went into a lot of that is over time, I've looked into those or I've tried to make various options from all over the world and have some Ethiopian recipes. I have some Jamaican options. I've got some things all over the place. Mm-hmm. But when things do come up where I don't, I've never heard of it, I'm just like, tell me about that. What is that? If I know the components, I can really tell you what we need to change, if anything. Um, but people have, are usually very excited to tell you about their culture. Yeah. You know? There's parts where I need to know, like, yeah, I need to know what kosher means <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, Catholics during Lent are going to do certain things, you know, mm-hmm. that's. Those parts you read in a textbook, but I feel like the best way I've learned is talking directly with people. And mm. even if it's outside of the time that I have in their session, just to be like, let me get a good grasp on this. What are some things that you like? What is this like? And there's also a place I haven't used a lot, but there is a website called Taste Atlas, okay. which is like, it's just a map and you could zoom in to wherever or type in whatever. And it'll be like, here's what's like kind of common and famous of this area. Oh, wow. And yeah. 
I want to explore it more. I haven't fully yet, but I could just like zoom into parts of Africa and be like, I've never heard of any of this. Let me oh my find. goodness. That's amazing. Um, and for those who are looking for dietitians, I know that it's, this is a very hard question and broad one, but what are some things to look out for? So, you know, like someone that probably is telling you no foods may not be the perfect fit. Or how can you, how can someone determine whether or not this is a good fit? Because I just like, you know, I think it's important to interview dietitians just like you interview your therapist or the yeah. places you want to work. Definitely. Um, I, I, the first one that comes to mind, again, first nutritionist, first dietitian. They actually like are a dietitian. That'd be a great first start for things. Mm -hmm. um, my first thing that I think of after that is, do they sell stuff? Like, mm. not to say like at, some people want meal plans and think that it fits them. And if they sell you something like that, I'd mm. like it to be more tailored, you know. But yeah. like, there are some there are some who just sell like supplements, and yeah. there's plenty of supplements that don't have the evidence people are hoping, or even the evidence that's there is not quite what people are thinking it is. Yeah. It's, if I made a supplement and I was like, this is for memory, I can do, I could run my own study. And if the results come out in a way I don't want, I could just not publish it and do it again. Like, yeah. so that's one thing that's a concern for me is if they're selling this stuff, it's in their own advantage to be like, you need this. Right. And I don't, I don't, the company I have, I actually have it uh, on my website. That's like, that's a fireable offense to have like an affiliation with like, a company that sells any food or supplement anything because mm. I want things to be just exclusively based on the merits that it provides. Um, so, Hey, uh, but that'd be the first thing. At least you can kind of find that out ahead of time or see on their website. If that's kind of coming up. Um, yeah. A lot of the rest to me is since I want this to be sustainable to, mm -hmm. to me, sustainable is that it's, it's enjoyable. It's not too hard. It's actually working. Yeah. You know, we can't find out all of those beforehand, but on the making sure it's not too hard side, you can get a grasp on, are you going to need a calculator for this? Are this going to tell you 1600 calories? Good luck. Or are they going to help walk you through it? And like, it should be tailored and fitting to you. If it doesn't yeah. seem like you're being listened to, you need to find someone else. Mm -hmm. And that might be hard to find out in like a, an interview beforehand, but you can find that out usually pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, I don't, uh, I have this difficulty and it's like, here's a generic fix. And you're like, but that didn't quite hit it. And if they're like, I don't know, there's places there that, really would help sift it out. So I think yeah. the application is where most of them struggle. Yeah. Uh, specifically. Yeah. Thank you for that. And when you think about just where you are now, because when I talk to you, I'm like, oh my goodness, he has so much knowledge. It's amazing. Um, but it hasn't always been like that. So can you walk us through how you've ended up where you are today? Even the parts that were not as desirable to have to go through um but yeah what are some things that you really think about that helped uh you become the successful person that you are today well thank you uh <laughs> let's see here obviously struggling with it firsthand makes it a lot easier to be like this is important i need to understand these things and mm -hmm. and even just like hey the knowledge even on like to myself the knowledge of being like oh i learned some things and as a result it really changed my life I can change a lot of other people's lives. Like that's, there's definitely a feeling there where it's like, this is a passion. This is something I would really enjoy doing here. Mm -hmm. Um, as, as once I got beyond that and I was learning about it, uh, I'd probably just jump to when I became a dietitian. Like it was one of those where I feel like it's common for people to kind of like question if they know enough or, you know, there's always more research or like the, what is it? Imposter syndrome or something yes. like that. Uh, I think that's that's something that I struggled with for like, I don't know, like two years, at least two, three years, something like that, mm -hmm. up until when I was like a lead dietitian and hiring and training other dietitians and whatnot. You know, it was easy to always kind of have those questions there. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. It's just uh, I feel like I, I I like to stay in places that are more uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think I found a lot of opportunities to find that. Yeah. Um, I think that's what made me grow so much with things. Like the uh, the home health dietitian stuff I was talking about, mm -hmm. um, most scenarios were just crazy, you know. Yeah. And it would just be like, I only eat Indian food. I do not have teeth. I have a specific type of uh, uh, what was that person? I had a specific type of policy that's very rare, but would make their body like rigid, and that would mm. be burning more calories. And there's no nutrition recommendations because it's very very rare. 
and yeah. you know like and they needed to gain weight for a surgery and they have dialysis and it's like you know to balance all those things uh in a very short amount of time that you're seeing these individuals makes you just very confident with like how complex things can be and you know with having some business background it helps in a million little places <laughs> and, uh, i feel like each little extra step made it like a like oh i helped make at that same home health agency i helped create two different programs that were in that were in existence uh, last time that i looked was still like around for about heart failure and a specific yeah. type of cancer it's like oh just by doing progressively larger things it kind of made it easier even in like the private practice sense mm-hmm. i feel like every stage is that way it's like i'm gonna see what this is like i'm gonna look into things oh i'm into stage two this is overwhelming oh when mm-hmm. you look at them though they're not so bad this is pretty right. noble. oh i'm in stage three. Oh, this is overwhelming you know and that's I feel like that's how most things are is I hired someone and it's like, wow, now I have to care about a lot of things. And then like two <laughs> weeks later, I'm like, this is pretty easy, actually. Yeah. And it seems like your journey, your professional experience is very similar to what it is like to lead a healthier lifestyle, make healthier choices where you are uncomfortable for a little bit, but then you start to become more comfortable and you just take baby steps and take it day by day, sometimes second by second. So. Mm-hmm. Thank you for just uh, being able to model that. And the last few questions that I have for you is, one, what piece of advice would you give to individuals that are looking to lead a healthier lifestyle? So. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, what do you need to eat? But anything like any kind of encouraging piece of advice that you would have for them? If we're doing it right, it's not as hard as people think. I mm. think that's like the biggest thing. Uh, again, since since everything to me, everything's just like this should be realistic. And most people do not ever experience anything that's remotely realistic. That's like, I don't know, in my mm. head, I can't tell you how many people that I've helped like lose weight or manage conditions be like, this really isn't that different or it's really not that hard. And I think since everyone struggles with it, we automatically assume it's difficult. Yeah. Huh. I'm still processing that one. I like that. That was really deep. Okay. Um, and then I would also say, what about people that want to turn their passion into career? What piece of advice do you have for them? I'd say with that, that, like I said before, it's going to be overwhelming at each little step. You could hire someone to help with various aspects to it, especially a lot of the beginning stuff is pretty easy on your own, but mm-hmm. every step will be a little overwhelming and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of benefit that can come from it. I would just take things slow and mm-hmm. I like slow and well thought out instead of being like, I'm going to make this massive all of a sudden, the bigger it is, the more exponential all the problems can be. And yeah. it's just like, I would rather more thoroughly complete something and make sure it's something I don't have to worry about so I can get to the next task and make sure that that's done correctly and all those kind of parts. Um, it's something that I never, not that I never thought this would happen. It was one of those, like, it was a lofty, like, I can, it's like me being like pre-med in college. It's one of those where it's like, I want to be, but I'm not, I didn't really take the steps to do it. Like, that's yeah. kind of how I thought being a private, like having my own practice would be. It's like, oh, that'd be really cool. And then that's where the thoughts kind of ended. But mm-hmm. I don't know, just for me, it was a matter of I just happen to know enough of the business stuff. I happen to know enough of the billing stuff. I happen to know enough of the right people. Uh, I tend to live my life in a way where I I don't always know exactly where I'm going, but I want to open as many doors as possible. And then I'm going to mm-hmm. choose whatever the best doors are at that time, you know? Okay. And I, I think that. that's just a good, more easy approach to this. Because if you can find out some things about it, if you're really interested, definitely research it, see what it's like. You could talk to other people in that field. I don't know any other private practice dietitians super well, but I know okay. some behavioral specialists who yeah. had their own practice and you know, I was able to glean some things there and I was able to read plenty of things online or some of the laws about how certain parts work or you yeah. always can get the forms on what it looks like and be like, what do these things mean? <laughs> and it's not not as bad as it sounds i think would be the biggest thing that i'd say it's not as hard as it sounds it's not as complicated it takes some time but there's a huge benefit you can get from it i love that thank you and you know something i think about is earlier you talked about how there were some things that you went through that just weren't the greatest but you learned from them so 
It's mm-hmm. okay to make mistakes um, in your in any aspect of your life. So thank you for just reiterating that. And if people have questions um, or are interested in hiring you as a dietitian or working with you as a dietitian, then where can they find you? So I have a website. It's currently being redesigned right now, but it's still really fancy paying. though. <laughs> the new when you see the new one, I think you're gonna like it. Oh um, man, okay. It's a bit more, um, but it's nextstepRD.com, and that's mm-hmm. RD like registered dietitian. So nextstepRD.com is where it is. Uh, in there, it has my contact as well. Same with Jennifer, the person that I hired, who uh, has pretty similar beliefs with me and I've helped teach. I actually hired her twice from the previous company <laughs> and here Definitely the next best dietitian I know. And, uh, she's worked with a network of professional athletes, um, making wow. everything that they ate. So she's actually worked with people in the NHL or in the UFC and wow. uh, did everything for them. So, oh, wow. uh-huh. yeah, so we're both That's in awesome. there and from people scheduling themselves to just reaching out to hearing more about us or, I have in there like the principles that I think are important about nutrition education. I like your principles. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just important because again, that's what I want to be compared to. Mm -hmm. And it's stuff just like you should not be excessively hungry. We want to make sure that you're comfortable. We want to illustrate how to fix those things. You know, that's, that's what I find important. That's what I've without that. I don't think it's going to be realistic. Yeah. That's where you can find me though. Okay. Thank you. And then Steve, here comes the time. What is your quote of the week? My quote of the week. Um, in terms of like a business side, since we're talking about some of that entrepreneurial side, mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of liked one that I heard at this like graduation ceremony for my brother. And it was that uh, he was saying at the end of it, he was just saying how uh, like dreams are not what you see when you're sleeping. Dreams are what keep you up at night. Oh, OK. I like your brother. He sounds pretty cool. I like that. And then um, what is your question and or homework assignment of the week for the listeners? Be more of a homework assignment. And it's kind of more like a little bit of a challenge. Okay. We've been talking about some nutrition parts. We've been talking about like a running your own business kind of side. And possibly if people were to go that direction, uh, I think it's important for both of those to realize like, there's a place to definitely do some work and get some mm-hmm. things done and accomplish some things. But I think it's very important to make sure people learn actual balance in their life as well, too. I think mm-hmm. that's something most people in their late 20s, early 30s don't really have the time to figure out or don't have time to make a priority. Yeah. So that's just something that even in my own life, it's like, oh, a lot's going well. I feel like there's a lot of things that I could have taken more opportunity and really enjoyed and savored a lot of different aspects. Yeah. And life shouldn't just be sacrificing to get to a better place. Because if that's all you know, when you're there, you still only know sacrifice. And yeah. I just think it's important to learn, like, here's some balance. Here's some enjoyment. Here's some positivity that's happening in all these places. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my homework or my challenge to people is to, to remind themselves that, like, enjoyment is a good thing. And we need to do those simultaneously. And that's we want that to be a habit where you have that balance. I love that. Thank you so much, Steve. As always, it's so nice talking to you. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much.